0: Equifax is trying, I mean really trying, to regain your trust. The Equifax CTO and CISO delivered the keynote at DevSecOps Days during 2020 RSA Conference. They contributed to multiple sessions and panels during the conference. The message was consistent. Yes, we had a major problem. Here's what we're doing about it. Here's what you can learn from us. From a technical perspective, Bryson Kohler, CTO, and Jamil Farshi, CISO, took on all questions from the audience. Nothing was out of bounds. They stayed after the session to talk one-on-one with those who had more questions. The words I heard most from the audience about the session was, Humility and transparency. That's a far cry from the poster child of breaches image the company has had to carry since 2017. Bryson and I sat down after the session at DevSecOps days to go more into detail on what Equifax is working on, not just to regain user confidence, but to make a difference in the technology industry when it comes to lessons learned. He and Jamil are in the process of rebuilding the technology infrastructure at Equifax. They want to create a self-service, customer-driven platform that will include security as part of an automated solution to the future of data privacy. They are willing to openly share what they're working on, what has worked, what hasn't worked, all while building transparency into the process so that everyone can learn, not just the engineering team at Equifax. In this episode, we start with how Bryson felt the audience responded to the message from the stage and what he had hoped to accomplish by stepping into the public spotlight. This is the DevSecOps Podcast Series. The DevSecOps Podcast Series is supported by OWASP, hosts of the Global AppSec Conference, June 18th and 19th in Dublin, Ireland. And by Sonatype, home of the free Nexus Vulnerability Scanner. What's hiding in your applications? keynote yesterday was really well received.
1: That's great to hear.
0: Yeah, I have a picture of uh, you and Jamil standing just surrounded by people afterwards. It's great. And it seemed like it was a positive response. How did you feel about it? I thought it was tremendous. Um, In fact, I've never
1: had a a talk where that ended up with a line of people, some of which literally just came up to say thank you, right? Thanks for the message. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think we've got three or four people that said we should write a book uh, i got one that said we should go make a movie um you know uh, so i'm surprised you haven't sold the rights yeah, already I, I you know <laughs> we're going to continue our journey and make sure we get the ball over the in in goal uh before we talk about anything like that
0: when you guys first started thinking about going out in public and talking like this was there trepidation on your part to say we're, we're going to get hammered here
1: absolutely i think you know when you go through uh kind of existential moment, you want that time to make sure you've healed uh, before you talk about it. And, you know, we are still in that process, but at the same time, we've come a long way and we've learned a lot. And the speed at which we're moving, you know, that balancing act, we just decided that it is better for us to make sure that if we can help even one company go back to the ranch and make one different decision that helps prevent something, then we did the right thing. But at the same time, we wanna make sure that nobody thinks that we're ahead of our skis and that we're not you know, on a journey here that has got a lot of work left to do.
0: One of the things that you said yesterday that was interesting was that if you're not moving at the speed of a post breach, you're falling behind. Yeah, I think that you've gotta have this mindset
1: of urgency. And we, we think about that in technology all the time. Technology's pace, the half-life continues to you know shorten. Cloud's teaching us that evergreen is a really short cycle.
0: Yeah. You know, just
1: getting developers engaged in your product. You know, it went from weeks to days to hours to 15 minutes to I kind of view it as five minutes now. If you can't hook an engineer on whatever your product and service is in a self-service way in five minutes, you've lost their attention. Mm-hmm. The pace at which things are happening is just tremendous. Certainly whether that's for bad reasons or good reasons, an attacker or for, you know, for something good that you're building, you know, we wanna build faster, we wanna create product faster, we wanna secure and protect faster. Just because a company hasn't gone through something doesn't mean that they shouldn't be moving at that same pace.
0: You talk about the developers, it's interesting. I would think, from an external view, it would have been hard two years ago to encourage developers to come and work for Equifax. Did you find that when you were out there searching, people were saying, oh, I don't think so? So I've been on board
1: for you know, over a year and a half now, right. and certainly when I started, I was almost 100% reliant on my personal network mm-hmm. and said, hey, come join the band. You know, let's get let's get and work. So you had a
0: trust factor already. So and, so, and yeah. I think
1: that a lot of people made that decision off of that. If you know, mm-hmm. now that we are on this journey, and we can articulate the story, and we can talk about the investment we're making, the cloud journey, the progress that we've made, the things we've shut down, the new things we've built, the philosophy, people can see the alignment between Jamil and I it makes it much easier. And now we're seeing kind of the other side, which is people coming to us. In fact, we're seeing people that left who want to come back. Cool. And, and that tells me that that tide is starting to change, that we are establishing our street cred as a leading data analytics and technology company, which is not necessarily, I think, what the street cred was prior.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you think about it, you guys have made major consolidation strides based upon what I heard yesterday, like the number of databases that you have, the, yeah. the footprint. Talk a little bit about the footprint, because it's, it's fascinating. It is um, a company that has grown through acquisition.
1: It is a company that grew through listening to our customers and building what they wanted, which created a lot of snowflakes and a lot of duplication around the world. Uh, and the discipline and rigor around you know, that integration of an acquisition, the rationalization of uh, a product set, a data set you know, just didn't occur. When you're in the post-breach world and you really are thinking every day about how do I make this place more secure? Some of that is re- reducing the attack surface some of that is just removing the duplicative uh, you know, data sets. You know, we removed 1.92 trillion data that. records yeah. last year. Yeah, That's a lot of data. And that, that's not just control A, delete. That is looking at every single data set, understanding its business value, understanding its regulatory compliance. Do we have to keep this data? Mm-hmm. Can we get rid of this data?
0: If we do get rid of it, how do we get
1: rid of it? That's a lot of work. But... Those types of activities of shrinking the data set, shut down five data centers in the last 12 months, uh, closed down about 480 applications, uh, which is a lot. You think about an app. you know, That app has customers on the one end, and it's got a team of engineers, developers, QA, ops people uh, on the other end. Uh, you know, shutting down 480 in 12 months is quite a journey, and we hope to do more this year. I hope that we'll do seven data centers this year. I hope that we'll do thousand apps. I think twelve hundred is kind of what I'm aiming for. Mm. That's Bryson's goal. You know, those types of consolidation activities, for those of us who've been doing this for a long time, it is easy to build new things. It's, it is really hard to strangle the old. And it is much easier to let those things run. But in a in a world that we live in, we just we know that we can't stop. We gotta continue to push, bring our customers along help them understand why moving to the new is better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when you move from a you know, legacy socket connection into the back of a mainframe to a JSON API, like the world changes. You want your customers to be excited about that, not fearful of change, but really excited because now it is much easier for us to put new attributes, new decisions, new capabilities in a, in a response than it would be to like go change some fixed file format of some socket connection in the back
0: of the mainframe. When you talk about customer, there's two types of customers. One is your internal customer that you're providing services for, and the other is the external customer, which is the consumer who uses your services. The thing that didn't come up yesterday was the consumer aspect, and I know you and Jamil are handling the technical part, but... How are you trying to get this message of credibility and security out to the consumer?
1: And consumer meaning our B2B customers or our B2C customers?
0: Uh, Your B2C customers. So on the B2C
1: front, we have radically changed the way Equifax thinks about this. In fact, one of our main goals that we set last year and we've continued it into this year is to be the world's most consumer-friendly credit reporting agency. And that's not a goal that you would have found written on the walls of Equifax years ago. Mm-hmm. It is certainly one now. Um, when you go through this type of event and you work with consumers around the country and around the world, you, you do recognize that we play an incredibly important role in helping people live their financial best. Building trust and creating a value exchange with those consumers benefits them and it benefits us. And so we've been investing tremendously in new uh, contact center capabilities, you know, raising the self-service rates from you know, below 20% to north of 65% so that consumers can, and they're calling in with a, a, a question, how do we self-service that? How do we make it easier? Remove the friction so that we make that consumer experience more trusted. How, you, built built a how are you new measuring website.
0: that though? How are you measuring the consumer acceptance of what you're trying to do?
1: So we look at feedback. We're constantly listening to feedback. We're, we're, we look at our you know, ratings from the way customers are, are, are rating us. We've launched a, a new website, myequifax.com, mm-hmm. um, which we've got now over 3 million consumers that have gone and signed up and created a new account. Uh, And we're seeing how they interact and use that and are are we providing them the services and the uh, answers that they have to their questions so basically it's it's pretty simple we want to make sure that if you are a consumer and you want to make sure you're protecting your identity you're protecting your credit you have a dispute or a question about something that we are helping you do that with less steps with Mm -hmm. less friction and in many cases, self-service without having to call in and talk to somebody, how do we make this easier? And so we're just looking at the metrics that tell us where we need to continue to invest, the additional things that we need to continue to improve on. So we take you know, three million people to 30 million people to 100 million people to 300 million people because really at the end of the day, your financial health that's up to you, just like your personal health is up to you. And we want everybody to take that as, you know, you should have that app installed, you should go to the website, you should have an account, and you should take an active role in managing your financial health. Right. And we, we want to continue to help give people the tools to do that.
0: You and Jamil are talking from a technical angle. My grandmother and my mother don't care about your technical angle, Right. So is what you're providing something that they say, I, I can trust this company again? Is that where you guys are headed? Do you think you're headed there? Are you there now? So that's where we're headed. We absolutely know that we have to
1: work every day mm-hmm. to rebuild trust and you know, create a trusted partnership with our B2B customers or our B2C relationships that we have in the U.S. and around the world. So that's, a, that's not a project. There's no end date on that. That's something that we know that we have to do and earn that every single day. Some of that is a technical lens. Some of that is a security lens. But some of that is a product lens. Making sure that we're building products that are usable, that are easy to use, that are fast, that are reliable. You know, Those things build trust. Making sure that we're creating a value exchange. What, why do Why do you have my data? What are you doing with it? Right. How does it help me? Making sure that we're continuing to educate and provide other ways for people to continue to make smarter decisions um, in partnership with us so that we continue to build that trust. Because I, I come from a, a world where, you know, anytime you build a, a consumer application, there has to be an exchange. What am I getting for this? Am no I getting trust. entertainment value? Uh, Am I getting information? What am I getting? We have to make sure that we are constantly thinking with a product lens around the features and capabilities we're releasing to the market. What are we providing to your mom that helps your mom or your grandma or your sister or your brother make a smarter decision today than they could have made yesterday? While we talk a lot about the technology, we talk a lot about product, we've we've been revamping our product discipline as well. Mm -hmm. We've brought product and tech together uh, inside the CTO office. We have been making sure that we have the right product discipline across our business units Um, and in the kind of concept of a guild. We're running a product council, product guild now across our company so that we really can ensure that we are thinking globally, that we're thinking about that consumer experience, or that user experience. So for our B2B customers, the same holds true. There's a developer on the other end of that API.
0: Right.
1: Is it easy for them to use? Do they understand the value they can get from it? Are, are we helping them solve their problem? Because in a B2B2C world, they've got a consumer somewhere, too. And we want to make sure that we're not just satisfying the requirement, but that we're actually really understanding how is that engineer at a bank? somewhere, you know, working on a project. How are they consuming what we're providing? And what can we do, we listen and do better to make their job easier?
0: I have to smile when I think about there's three big credit reporting agencies. With what you guys are doing, how closely are those competitors watching? You think they're watching and saying, we better change our ways too? I think
1: they're watching very closely. I think we're already seeing signs of that. Uh, TransUnion announced in their earnings uh, a further investment in their mm -hmm. uh, technology stack.
0: You and your team are out educating the public in general and the technical industry about what you guys are trying to do with technology and to use the technology to do what you want it to do. And so by educating the community that presupposes that you're educating your, commu- your competitors, too. And I think that's 100%. fascinating. And we're, we've
1: talked about that, and it is a conscious decision that all boats rise together on this. Hmm. We want our industry to be safe and secure. We want our industry to be a force for good. So there is no intellectual property secrets on security or our approach on that. We've made that a, a very clear, conscious decision all the way to our you know, senior leadership team across the company, that is a decision we've you know, we've debated and talked about and made the decision that this is the right thing to do, not just for Equifax, not just for our industry, but for consumers around the world. There is a great purpose and reason that we exist in the work that we do and that trusted value exchange that we're building. And we can't stop ever from continuously improving. And that includes the constant education, but it includes our own education. We're listening. We're learning. So it's not just us talking. We got great questions yesterday. Yeah. You know, those questions help us. They make us think differently. They make us self-reflect on where do we need to improve? And, you know, having a conversation with you, the questions you ask, the way you make us think. Those things all make us better. So it's a two-way dialogue. It's not a one-way dialogue because we are... Um, moving fast. We're learning a lot. We're,
0: we're sharing openly, but we're continuing to learn and get better every day. So what do you got for your focus for 2020? You're starting to lay the foundation. You're consolidating on what you're working on. If you could walk out of here in 2020 going into 2021, what are you going to have?
1: I think I, I look at it as two main things. Can't have too many goals, so we'll just talk about two. Uh, The first is decommissioning the old. There is no more sure way to know that we've been successful than to actually unplug old things. As we decommission old servers, systems, databases, mainframes, data centers, that tells me that those workloads have truly migrated to our new cloud-based infrastructure. And so... Being 100% certain that we stay razor focused on building the new, helping our customers migrate, which all then leads to decommissioning the old. If I just have a single metric of watching that decommissioning, Mm -hmm. then that is
0: success. I've actually heard of a way to measure that. Is you take that old data center out in the parking lot with a couple of sledgehammers and you bring the ops team out and just let them go at it?
1: (laughs) You know, I really wanted to, like, start... um, you know, taking servers, we got to take the hard drives out and you know shred all of <laughs> yeah, those yeah. first. Yeah. Um, but you know, taking you know old equipment and, and allowing people to you know get their anger out, yeah. you know, there's like a you know special booth in, in maybe some of our dev centers where people can just you know that's your special dojo. go office space you know <laughs> and throw the yeah. fax machine off the top of the building. Mm-hmm. You know, we we obviously have to do that carefully, but uh, but I think you know there there the celebration of turning off. Yeah. You know, I do a win of the week every week, and I send out an email to our teams around something that I thought was impactful that we accomplished as a, as a team uh, over the preceding weeks. And one of my shifts going into this year was uh, over-indexing on celebrating people that have turned things off, not just celebrating people that wow. have turned new things on. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was a little bit of a shock to the system. It's harder to come up with those. We're really trying to build a culture of celebrating that because I think that when you think about security, reducing the footprint is, is you know, that's, that's the best thing I can do, um, you know, to, to continue to help us. Now, the other goal is around making sure that we start taking uh, commercial and competitive advantage of the new capabilities sure. we're building. Uh, so we are not just lifting and shifting. This is not containerize the old. This isn't let's go run a database as a hosted, you know, service in the cloud. This is us thinking you know, radically different about our data models, around our data governance, and the purposed data views that we can create that help people make smarter decisions. That is important because you want the transformation in the eyes of our customers to be a carrot. We want people to be beating our doors down. You know, The early adopters that have, have seen that and have been beating our doors down have done tremendous things problems that they haven't been able to solve with us or our competitors for years, we're now solving. So we want to continue that journey of the carrot, selling the the capability, so that when we talk to a customer about the migration, that it's not seen as, oh my gosh, really? I have to do this work? It's like, oh, when can I sign up? Can I get first? How do I get to the top of the list? Can you accelerate me? Um, that's when I know we've done a good job really articulating the value, and, and that some of that comes from solving new problems that we weren't able to solve before. So that's really kind of goal number two.
0: <laughs> this is the DevSecOps Podcast Series. The DevSecOps Podcast Series is supported by OWASP, hosts of the Global AppSec Conference June 18th and 19th in Dublin, Ireland. And by Sonatype, home of the free Nexus Vulnerability Scanner. What's hiding in your applications?